Welcome to Jake's Newsletter, the podcast before the podcast, me and Puke. Uh, I'm Jake, the producer. Welcome to the first episode of Jake's Newsletter. Claudia's next to me, playing Toontown Rewritten. Uh, everyone hop on Toontown, it's the new craze. Everyone wants to play it, uh, except me. Um, but this newsletter, quote-unquote, podcast before the podcast is just a little meme to plug stuff because y'all motherfuckers don't listen till the end goofy ass listeners but it's okay we still love you um so i'm just gonna plug some things patreon patreon.com slash me and puke we got after dark every week on either tuesday night or wednesday morning i'm not keeping it consistent people sorry about that but every week you there is usually a new me and puke after dark where we review albums we missed or um we talk about random shit like recently we talked about concert etiquette like what you should do at a concert uh, according to other people and talking about that so uh interesting stuff we sometimes talk about um getting to some other plugs i want to plug a couple tours that members of the podcast are going on soon so pulses and with sales ahead their woodland creatures three tours coming up in june 9th they're playing in philadelphia um at the century on june 10th they're playing in baltimore at the undercroft june 11th they're playing richmond virginia june 12th they're playing charlotte north carolina june 13th they're playing atlanta georgia and then finally june 14th they're playing orlando florida and something cool about that show is that the entirety of mutant puke the whole cast will be uh, at that show, so if you want us to come say hi, take pictures with us, uh, ask, <laughs> ask us questions, get yelled at by Keely, you can do all that stuff. Speaking of Keely, Keely is a part of Space Corolla, if you didn't know, and they are going on tour with Elders for their 2023 Summer East Coast Tour. Keely has been calling it Math Rock Summer, and on july 26th they're playing in charlotte north carolina july 27th they're playing at washington dc july 28th they're playing at lancaster pennsylvania <laughs> pa i don't know <laughs> sorry uh, Ju uh, sorry july 29th they're playing um highland park in new jersey with with sales ahead and pulses as well so another crossover sort of thing you can meet a bunch of mutant puke members in one go uh if you go to that show uh the tour poster is wrong apparently i'm hearing it's at a different venue so just wait for an update on that and then on july 30th they'll be in queens new york that's where spider-man is from uh but yeah that's just our little newsletter thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy this motherfucking podcast. Welcome to Mutant Puke. I am Jake, the host, right now anyway. Ivy's usually the host, but she's on sab sabbatical. Um, so I'm I'm taking over interviewing Eric Hidalgo from Happy Hour. 
Um, I, you know, I don't know if you know this, Eric, but we've been Facebook friends for a very long time. <laughs> we have, man. We have. Yeah, I, don't, I like. I never know who knows me because I don't really put myself out there too much on Facebook anymore. Um, so I don't. This podcast doesn't attach to my names too much. <laughs> the socials. Yeah, I don't do too much on Facebook like I used to, but yeah. I mean, I definitely remember like there's like a key group of people that have just kind of like interacted with us from like the get go. That by name I always recognize, sometimes yeah. by face. <laughs> yeah i mean i remember i when i got into happy hour the only two songs out i think were wild blue and white girl drinks on the ghost oh, killer man. entertainment youtube <laughs> channel <laughs> Damn, that is, that's that's og yeah. that is OG. i i always wondered like how's that ghost killer entertainment thing work how do y'all end up on that youtube channel because like y'all oh. and wolf and bear were on there um years it ago was, so it was our original bass player had the connection i i didn't really know how he knew the yeah. guy from ghost Killer. he just let us know he was like hey guys this dude has a you know has a big following on youtube and he wants to share the stuff and we're just like fuck it yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was it i was just like all right cool. i mean i think it worked out i think that ghost killer entertainment boost well, i mean i think everyone i knew found y'all from that video so I think it's uh, the guy's name is Zach, right? I have no idea. <laughs> I just know he's got like you know he's got the little sceney like a scene kind of haircut. So just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I um, I mean I love to talk about musical origin stories on our interviews. I love to know how people got started in the music scene. Like I'm not even talking you know, your first band. I'm talking, like, as a kid, what's getting you into music? Um, I got into this kind of, like, as a joke. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, really. It was, um, I remember I was in fifth grade, and this was, like, I don't know if we had, like, some assembly or something. I think we were, like, in the library, and it was to select what your electives were going to be for sixth grade, like, getting yeah. into middle school. Yeah. And uh, I picked band because I was like joking with my friend that I was going to be like Squidward and play clarinet. <laughs> and, um, I did do band and I did play clarinet. Hell yeah. Actually pretty good at it. Yeah. They moved me from beginner to advanced after like the first year. <laughs> Damn. Um, Squidward could never. <laughs> yeah. Like I did. I did band in middle school for most of middle school. And then I stopped like my friend in eighth grade. I remember this guy, Devin, he was like, oh man, we should start a band. And, you know, I didn't play anything aside from, you know, a clarinet. Yeah. And, <laughs> and um, he was like, dude, buy a guitar. I'll teach you how to play. So I remember I was like talking to my dad saying, oh, I want to learn guitar. I want to yeah. like, get a guitar. And he was like, oh, if you like help me this whole weekend doing these like house chores, I'll, I'll get you the guitar. So I did that, buys the guitar. And I never speak to that friend again. Like, you know, how, like sometimes <laughs> like, during summer vacations, like people just like fade away. Yeah. Like, you just like, you just never hear from them and never <laughs> see them again for some reason. And it's yeah. like, you know, like when you go from one grade to the next and you see them after the entire summer break, it's like that awkward, like, Hey man, you me? are we still friends? Like, all right, cool. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's, pick up, let's, uh, pick up where we left off. But, um, this was going into high school and he ended up going to a different high school. So I basically never saw the dude yeah. again. And the, 
guitar sat in my closet for two years untouched. Damn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Was your dad um, salty about that? <laughs> um, you know, I, I didn't think he, he, I don't think he was upset about it, but yeah. like, no, I was kind of bummed that I just didn't go forward with it. And it sat in my closet for a long time. And then, um, ninth grade going into 10th, they started offering or not started. They had guitar class. So I was like, Oh sweet. Oh, you know, yeah. That was my chance to like figure this <laughs> shit out. I, yeah. I could not figure it out. Like I was, I didn't even realize you had to pluck the string. I was here like, just like doing like finger on hammer offs and shit. And I was like, this doesn't sound right. It fucking hurts my fingers. Like, what the fuck is this shit? Like, yeah. I, I was yeah. just dumb. And I took the class and kind of started me getting going. And I had some friends that were doing music too. And I had a uh, one buddy, this guy named Carlos, he would um, like, I would go over to his house after school on some days and he would kind of help me out, give me like some like improv guitar lessons and shit. And, you know, kind of started off there. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I also took guitar class in high school. <laughs> I did uh, not continue after high school, unfortunately. It's um, yeah, because it's like all acoustic, and it's like the yeah. it's like the nylon string acoustic. Oh yeah, and I don't it know. Hurts. Yeah, it was kind of boring, but I was super like, ah, oh, I gotta, I gotta get this shit. Like, I yeah. gotta figure this shit out, and. <laughs> You know, if my friend wasn't helping me on the side, I probably would have just been like, ah, fuck it. But, yeah. But, you know, getting that help helped a lot. Yeah, I needed a supported friend and no one was there for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, damn. Uh, well, what I do now want to get to, like, what was your first band? Were you playing clarinet, guitar? Like, <laughs> I, I actually never played clarinet again what? after middle school like i i wish i knew how to play it to this day like i just don't want to spend like 200 dollars on a cheap little clarinet and be like what the fuck i'm sure it's like doing? riding a bike <laughs> oh man you know it's weird because i was like fluent in reading like musical notation oh yeah with like clarinet. like i was like fucking reading as i was like playing and shit <laughs> yeah. now i'm like even to this day i'm like I can do it slowly. Like, I'm like, all right, that's, that's G and, you know, we're moving to like F or something. And um, no, man, I don't know. I just like deleted that memory bank completely. <laughs> yeah. uh, but what was your first band? Right. First band. So uh, we made up like all sorts of random names. So it was like <laughs> me and some friends uh, when I was like in 11th grade. And it was like, we were all like super into death metal and technical <laughs> death metal. So like we didn't, we had like maybe like one original song we did. Like, I, I think we we're calling ourselves. Oh, like we still have the fucking Facebook page. It was, uh, <laughs> uh, it was called the Zenoic era. Wow. And, we got cool logo. and basically all we did was play in my backyard and drive my neighbors crazy and my parents crazy. And, uh, just made a lot of fucking noise. Really. Like we're, we were doing like really sloppy covers of like the faceless and the black Dahlia murder in the backyard. basically. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm going to be honest. If I were your neighbor, I probably would have hated you too. <laughs> you had the cops come like, Oh my twice. God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, they're probably thinking like, son, if it was good, we wouldn't have come. So we're, we're here to send a message. Yeah, play try and jo play Johnny Cash. Right? Yeah, we weren't playing the right shit. I bet if we were playing something more easygoing, they'd be like, 
and mind you in Miami, like I'm not in Miami now, but yeah. um, you know, it's like every, all your neighbors are like Cuban. So <laughs> if you're not playing like, you know, reggaeton or like, yeah, you know, salsa, chata, they're just like, <laughs> shut, shut the fuck up. Like just shut the fuck up. Please. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, you used to live in Florida. Now you're in uh, California. You know, kind of. It's like a, this is a super nerd. It's like playing World of Warcraft and switching from Horde to Alliance. I think <laughs> going from Florida to, to California. Well, seeing how bad Florida is right now, yeah. uh, it's uh, man. I'm I'm glad I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> really yeah. Here. I recently visited for the first time. And, uh, yeah, it's beautiful. I just wish it wasn't horrific. Uh, um, it's a, even a little scary, you know, in Texas as well. Yeah. Well, let's not get into all the politics and stuff. Yeah, that'll, that'll be like a separate podcast. Yeah. We'll stay on that shit for like 45 minutes minimum. Yeah, for sure. Um, but how has your move affected Happy Hour? Like, how's the band dynamic work now? So the guys flew out in August of last year and we did a, we did a little mini run with undress mm. and uh, the color eight, which was really fun. Yeah. Um, you know, I still go back to Miami cause my family lives in Miami. So mm-hmm. you know, we'll probably still every time to time do some shows in South Florida um, working dynamic. I mean, honestly, in terms of how we write and do things together, it's like the same as if when I was still in Miami. <laughs> Like somebody just like writes something and just sends it in the chat and it's like, oh, okay, yeah. I'll, like I have an idea or I'll start fucking around with this part. And, you know, it's just kind of like <laughs> a back and forth. So like the writing process is exactly the same uh, as far as playing shows and touring. It's a little tricky now because everybody's more settled into like their kind of like full-time careers and whatnot. Right. Um, Nate does like, you know, performance, like in theater, yeah. music, things like that. Uh, like he was gone for six months on uh, celebrity cruise lines doing like a, like a musical gig, which was really cool. And that's, that's kind of why the new song transpired. Cause it was like, all right, Nate's not here. Do we do nothing or do we do something <laughs> different? Yeah. <laughs> like, I was going to ask, but, I was like, where's Nate on this? Where's Nate in the track? Is he on the track yeah, at all? He's not, he's, he's not, not on the track. Uh, so we're, we're taking it as a, you know, last track, Note to Self, was like a full Nate song yeah. completely. Uh, so this is a full Eric song now. Oh, boy. <laughs> and then next one's got to be a combination, I suspect. Or maybe it's just all guitars. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's just like Kevin playing bass and there's just nothing else. Yeah. But, you know, Kevin does sing. Um, mm-hmm. Some people don't know that, you know, he's been in the project now for like maybe two and a half actually no since early 2020 shit man my sense of time is like fucked now since yeah. covid um yeah kevin's been in this now for about three years and um he came from another project that he does called common luck but he sings too so you know we're, we're probably going to incorporate something with him doing some vocals as well too so maybe there'll be a kevin song that's sick as hell i love that shit <laughs> like i i love like bands with like four vocalists <laughs> it's so awesome um, we're we're going to be like Mastodon, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so mental health. Uh, do you do you want to talk about it a bit about? So this will come out a few days before, but not super long before 
the drop so we will have a little tease somewhere in this episode um maybe i'll call it out maybe i won't i haven't decided yet like a surprise drop randomly in the middle of the episode uh but a little clip of the song let me just say uh this sh- i uh, man i texted you it knocked my socks off i that was like the whitest thing I could have said. I should have said, "Oh, jeez!" <laughs> like I cannot believe. It's flash, buddy. <laughs> yeah. but, you know, I, I'm a fan of those. Like, I, I like those old school sayings. Like, you know, like <laughs> like, like my like my Jimmy's or Russell type shit. Like, I like that. I, I say shit like that. <laughs> Look here, Buster. <laughs> <laughs> But no, mental health, it's an ass beater. It's like, they, like I i don't know if... I, I was trying to think of all the happy hour songs, if there was any I would say are heavier than this, and I don't think so. I mean, there's definitely yeah. some heavy contenders for sure, but not yeah, nothing is this hardcore. Um, y- yeah, so y'all just went good. balls to the wall with it? like. <laughs> um, man, you know, the thing is, like with this project... The goal is like, it's hard to define ourselves sometimes when people ask like, oh, what type of music are you or what's the genre? Like, I just say alternative because we just want to do whatever the fuck we want. Yeah. That's kind of why like all the singles that come out, you know, if you look at them back to back, they're always like drastically different from each other, like some sort of different element to it. And Mm. um, that's kind of what we branded as our identity is just being like, a variety platter just like if we want to do something we just go for it yeah yeah you've always had a really unique sound you've never just been a post-hardcore podcast or jesus <laughs> post-hardcore band jesus <laughs> i found the word um yeah you you've always been a little unique and doing different things uh so is is happy hour so mental health comes out is there anything following mental health down the pipeline is there a release it's leading to or are you just singles uh, for right now just singles you know i get yeah. this question a lot is um you know people have asked us a lot of times is you know when's an album gonna come yeah out? <laughs> you know i i kind of got ahead of this notion back when we were doing love hurts like when we did love hurts I, I like fought with the band internally to make this a short release. Like they were uh-huh. like, they were like, that's fucking dumb. Why the fuck are we, it's not a full EP. It's yeah. not even like, like, what's the point of this? And, um, you know, I, I started seeing like, we see it now, like yeah. it's clear as day. All pop artists, all musicians are like kind of in tune to, uh, the Spotify algorithm and kind of like how things pick up traction by release. And, you know, we see it where like a full album comes out and it's almost like this trickle down effect uh-huh. where like the first singles release got all the attention and then everything else just kind of like gets buried. Yeah. You know, loyal fans will listen through, but it doesn't get that same recognition. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of something we adapted, you know, earlier on. But to be honest, you know, one of the biggest factors and why we're not doing like large releases and have just been doing singles is, mm-hmm. um, fucking expensive man yeah. <laughs> like it's yeah <laughs> a lot of money and um you know we're we're self-funded we're not on a label uh-huh yeah uh, we've had label approach before but i mean all a label is is basically a bank saying like i'm gonna front you the money but you still owe it to me and i'm gonna own all your shit or yeah. own a large percentage of your shit and we're like fuck that like what's the point of that yeah i i so, feel like more diy bands are realizing that now 
Like, I've definitely had some friends burned by joining smaller labels, and it's just like, okay, they didn't do any of the promotion they said they would do. They fumbled the release wholesale, like, and they own all your shit. <laughs> it's like garbage. Yeah, and you're, and you're just stuck in a rock and a hard place. And yeah. I think, like, the big selling point that everybody wants to get out of uh, a label relationship more so than just like getting funding to do the project is booking opportunity yeah. where they're like, Oh my God, I signed to this label. So my name is now kind of like on a list of like official artists, which kind of gives me some sort of credibility and the artist, you know, the label has connections to their own artist roster, which, you know, you see it all the time, like junior, junior artists on labels start getting put together to, to be openers for like mm. large headlines things like that and yeah um, i think that's where a lot of the excitement comes around i mean like don't get me wrong like i think all of us would put in like not notice to work but like you know max pto or just <laughs> figure the fuck out if like bring me the horizon approach to saying like would you like to to you know open our fucking u.s tour like, <laughs> like oh, fuck <laughs> like yeah, yeah bitch here we go <laughs> but <laughs> but um you know we we definitely had a different kind of idea when we started versus to where we are now and um, kind of how we're navigating ourselves as a band and a lot of it's changed to do we love what we do yes um do we still have other life endeavors and other passions and you know at the end of the day it's like you know a lot of us do want stability yeah um, personal which is not guaranteed in the music industry it's uh it's a little shaky i mean from an economic perspective yeah yeah absolutely you know it's like people like like trust me man having like fifty thousand followers on instagram doesn't mean that it's like getting my bills paid necessarily so, yeah <laughs> um you know now we're just doing it out of the love and passion for doing it i mean we want to perform we want to try and schedule doing like like uh targeted cities you know uh we've had our eye on doing like new york and uh, a couple other major cities for northeast and that's that's kind of like our game plan you know we'll schedule things uh around our personal life schedule and mm -hmm. try and hit like some of those major areas if we can yeah awesome yeah no i totally get that that's a very adult way to look at like just dealing with <laughs> how things are now it's so hard to become a full-time musician you know, just off the art, especially with streaming, paying so little for, you know, basically people just listening to your music for free. <laughs> it's difficult. I'll say this. I mean, yeah, streaming doesn't pay a lot of money, but people, uh, people hate on it a little more than I think they should. Cause, yeah. um, and I'm not here like trying to like, Oh, Spotify, <laughs> you're so great. I yeah, just, yeah. thank you so much, but <laughs> um yeah <laughs> but the reality is i mean you know you do get something for it and for us i mean for maybe the last shit honestly everything since love hurts like all of the the music that we've recorded and put out since love hurts we paid for it with spotify stream revenue like wow. everything nice and That's i mean at the end of the day we're like hey shit it's not coming out of my pocket i'm happy about that <laughs> so, yeah <laughs> uh, and it's helped grow the fan base in, in a lot of different ways. I mean, when I go on YouTube, it's like, oh, found off Spotify, found off Spotify, and the Spotify radio, yeah, it does some does some uh, does some groundwork for you, which is like awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's. So I I asked you about a band you liked, 
that we could rate albums for. Um, The band you chose was a little band called The Contortionist, (laughs) which is a band... One and only, man. The one and only. (laughs) I... So I've actually seen the contortionist live. The first time, well, the only time I've seen the live was the Mothership tour for Dance Gavin Dance, and I it, went to that too. Yeah, <laughs> it was my first concert ever going there, and I man, everyone was just like, for some reason, everyone in the crowd was like, the contortionist sucks, and then they just all walked away, and I. I got like a peer pressured, like all my friends walked away from the pit and I was like, well, I don't, <laughs> I don't know yet. I haven't heard them, but yeah, I, I ended up, I actually got a picture with Donnie from uh hail the sun while they were playing. So not, you know, I got the picture with Donnie. Let's, that's a W in my opinion. <laughs> Listening to these albums, um, language, I think is the one that was out around the time mothership was out and uh of the ones i listened to i (laughs) that was my least favorite by far um and then i liked the first two a lot like i really liked their heavy sound like i was really impressed with that um because i was kind of yeah yeah when when language started i was like what the hell (laughs) where'd all the yelling go (laughs) so you're clearly a contortionist fan give me the rundown what are the best albums the people want to know from eric well we'll we'll do this we'll do this from top to bottom um i started listening to the contortionist i'm gonna sound like a fucking hipster but (laughs) i I was there when the first EP came out. Yeah. Not, not like physically, like at a show or something, but you know, like I like um, 2011, you know, like all these, like, you know, I, I felt like 2010 to like 2012 was like a big death core era. <laughs> yeah. You know, with like the fitted death core trucker hats and all that shit. Dr. Acula. This fucking big come at me bro type yeah. shirts, you know. Remember that shit? Yeah. Like, like, damn, that dude's so fucking tough. He's got a fucking stage like shit, dude. Like, that shit's so sick. And I was like, damn, dude, like this dude's ears are gonna be fucked in ten years if he takes that out. I don't hate to anybody who has plugs. Love them, own them, and you're, you know. Um, but it was just funny because there was like so much of that going on, but whatever, I digress. So, yeah. uh, that's when I started listening to the contortionists. Um, they had a different vocalist at the very beginning. They took some of those songs and redid the vocals. And that was their first, um, their first album, the exoplanet album, which, you know, I- I'm just going to go ahead and pull up my Spotify. So I reference everything correctly. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> I love hearing a lore master talk about a band. It's so like people who love a band and know all the history. I love that shit. So I don't know. Well, I don't know the guy. Like I can't name them by name. Yeah, so I'm, yeah. I'm not that deep where I'm like, oh man, uh, yeah. whatever the fuck this is, his favorite color is blue and he has a home in Massachusetts. <laughs> it's like to yeah, die for, too deep. But... Too deep. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'll start off with ranking from my favorite why, and then just kind of go down the list from there. Sure. So um, maybe a lot of people will disagree with me here, but, and I'll, I'll count their EP too. Okay. Um, 
my top album for them is definitely Clairvoyant, the release they did in 2017, mm. which was a huge dramatic shift where there were basically no harsh vocals at all. Wow. Uh, it toned down a lot. Like some of the songs, like like Clairvoyant itself has like a really heavy groove to it. And when you listen to, uh, or I mean, just the guitar parts, I like, I downloaded tabs because I wanted to like see what they were doing in some of the <laughs> songs and it's all standard tuning. And I was like, wait, what? this shit's in standard like but it sounds <laughs> fucking heavy like or like standard or drop d but like you know still like standard nonetheless yeah uh, honestly this album like it, it has to be one of those um it's one of those things you want to dive into lyrics like you'll right. connect with it so much more if you if you get into the lyrics for it it's really well written um from a songwriting perspective like mm-hmm. to me it's just their best album um i'll hand down second place to uh, Exoplanet, the first album. So that's the one where you get all the cool, fun, progressive, like noodling, lots of like really harsh, heavy parts. And, you know, this album is really what makes their live show fun, where mm-hmm. you get a lot of those like chill, cool, vibey moments. And then they're like, all right, we're going to play Oscillator and the fucking lights all turn around. <laughs> People just start fucking swinging and you're like, fuck, what the fuck just happened? And it's just... This album is just fucking like it's it's just super dynamic and and really just I don't know cool spacey vibe like the whole space deathcore thing was just like in full blown fucking effect with like you know the faceless and rings of Saturn and everybody wanted to do fucking space themed <laughs> some better than others but that that album kicks ass definitely number two for me uh, number three I'm gonna put their last EP that just came out in 2019 waiting for their next fucking release. Uh, <laughs> our bones and this one um you know still stayed kind of like inconsistency to the tune they've been singing with clairvoyant was uh you know proggy but still really well written this mm-hmm. kind of let some people relax because you got some you got some harsh vocals on the ep so people were like oh thank god like it's not totally going away <laughs> um but really good and then from there probably language Language is going to be number four. And this one's probably their most popular album because uh-huh. of language one and language two. Yeah. 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 Their top, their top <laughs> song is from this album. And, you know, this, this is like our, our tour driving or whatever little tours runs we've done. This has been like kind of a, it's been like a ritual thing we do that like every time we're like on the road or to a show, we have to sing like me, Nate, we'll sing like the whole like language one and language two from like start to finish. <laughs> so like together, that's like fucking 10 minutes of us just fucking doing, <laughs> singing along to this whole fucking song. Yeah. Really good album, super proggy. Um, my issue with this album is that outside of like language one and two and maybe primordial sound, like the rest of it's kind of like unmemorable. Yeah. No, not afraid to say that you know a lot of it's boring. Uh-huh. It is kind of boring. This was the one then, I listened to, and I was like, well, "What happened? Where'd the energy go?" Um. Yeah, <laughs> like it starts off cool and like mystical because yeah. they they were open language for that, mm. so it has like this cool mystical, and it's like a really big buildup throughout that uh, language one and two is like this really cool dramatic buildup, but you still get like this good chunk of heaviness throughout it, like in the middle to end. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the rest of the album is just kind of like, oh man, like 
if you played snippets from other random songs, like I know it was from the album, but I wouldn't be able to call out what song it was. Like it's it's like, you know, you hear it in passing because you forgot to hit skip kind of deal. <laughs> yeah. Right. Not no shade to the contortionist. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Love it, but um that'll probably be after so that's uh number five spot i think right um is five that the four? last one i think four that's four four you're right and then the last one is the album right before language intrinsic yeah this one's just weird it's just a weird <laughs> like no really it's just a weird fucking album like like there's like maybe two songs on here that are really cool but like same deal <laughs> where nothing calls out it's it's kind of hard to to reference back to or like you know there's no melody that gets like stuck in your head right or like uh -huh. any like specific that kind of sticks with you but uh yeah that's my top to bottom yeah <laughs> awesome um i don't have the paid version of zoom so i'm gonna end the video call and then restart a new one real quick Let's uh, do it, man. okay <laughs> 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 hey <laughs> okay there we go all right <laughs> back to it i mean why even put that in why if, if i could just end the meeting and then restart it like what's the point they're just like it, it pisses you off enough that you might pay for it like with yeah. youtube being like sure you don't want to pay for youtube rev and i'm like fuck no i'm not paying for this shit dude <laughs> I think, you know, they're like, if, if we inconvenience you just the right amount, maybe you'll be. <laughs> YouTube Red. It's it's not even called that anymore. <laughs> they, oh, they, they, finally, they finally came to their senses and changed it to, uh, it's just called YouTube Premium now. <laughs> it, yeah. Well, like, I don't get it. Well, the only incentive was to, like, what, be able to play, like, music or something and then, like, close your phone screen? It, get, it gets rid of ads, um, which, if you have an ad blocker on your computer, obviously that doesn't matter. But uh, recently, there's been news of them maybe trying to, like, have it so you can't watch with an ad blocker. Like, you know, those websites that detect the ad blocker and stop you. It, they're yeah. They're thinking about implementing that, so... Not gonna lie, might have to get YouTube Premium. <laughs> I ain't watching those fucking weirdo know, no ads. If they, if they think I'm not just gonna mute the fucking ad and just turn my head <laughs> away, like they got me fucked up, dude. Um, so contortionist, awesome list. I bars. Sorry, <laughs> I'm sure everyone enjoyed it. Uh, I I really did like Exoplanet. That one. Uh, caught me off guard and then the rest were like well <laughs> what happened to exoplanet <laughs> but yeah that's probably how they got all their fans and stuff nobody cares about heavy stuff it's like start heavy and then go lighter and lighter that why is that always the the plan that's what everybody does right yeah. everybody's like like it's like they're like ah oh, yeah the heavy that's what i did when i was younger, in my younger <laughs> days. i'm just like motherfucker like i'm gonna be like 50 and i'm still gonna scream i hope yeah i want to see katie perry start a metal band like katie perry needs to start going heavier and heavier if every metal band is going lighter and lighter there needs to be some balance to this universe i think i mean doja cat did that metal performance Ooh, that's thing. true that was really fucking yeah. cool well, she hasn't released any metal freaking music, <laughs> Toja Cat. Uh, talking yeah. on, she's just too busy on Twitter doing whatever she's been doing there. <laughs> I don't know. Papa, 
that's one thing I appreciate about it. like maybe not pop pop like not like Dua Lipa Harry Styles but like yeah. you know hip hop has definitely been uh, more experimental yeah than I think a lot of rock music coming out like hip hop has definitely grabbed a lot of alternative elements we see it a lot now where like alternative hip hop is like its own thing now and I think it's fucking sick yeah it was trippy red and I think Lil Yachty this year had a record we reviewed on the show that was pretty interesting yeah a lot more yeah of course you know the hip-hop's always been grounds for more creative uh shit than pop music i'd say (laughs) but um so happy hour many many great songs under y'all's belt not counting mental health because we all know mental health is the new best happy hour (laughs) song What's your personal I, fave? My personal fave is Black in Every Color, hands down. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta agree with that one. <laughs> That's my favorite. It's just like we, you know, like we did Love Hurts, and then what came out after Love Hurts? Twenty Six, and then um, yeah, and it was Black in Every Color. Like I think we did like four songs that were all just like on the very like moody vibe, and mm-hmm. you know. Uh, we have to catch ourselves. I mean, this song's not an exception to that, but um, sometimes we have to kind of like stop ourselves and be like, hey, we haven't done anything like just fun and goofy in a yeah. while. <laughs> and uh, I, I think that's why I like that song because it's just like fun and goofy. And we usually use it as like our opening uh, opening song for shows, which Ooh. is just like about to kick things off. Yeah, the energy must be insane. That chorus, oh baby. <laughs> Such a good chorus. And then the ending part. The whole style change, boy. <laughs> that was, <laughs> that, honestly, that's just us like ripping off Tenacious D. Like I, like I remember, like sending to like our former drummer. He was, uh, he was like laying out the song and like he wrote it. He like instrumentally he wrote that. And I remember sending him like a voice memo. I was like, dude, at the end I want to do this. Like I want a bridge outro, and I just like. <laughs> It like like I just sent him like an iPhone note of like you know like piano going like ding 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 and then you know he took my shitty voice memo and then made it into a full beautiful part and yeah like Nate Nate wrote out like that whole skit and everything and you know like the the idea was to do like Kickapoo you know like yeah that whole fucking scene with like the dad and like his son and shit it's so crazy you're talking about that i just watched tenacious d the pick of destiny the other day because i watched fucking mario movie and then you know i haven't seen that yet don't spoil it i haven't seen that i i promise you there is nothing to spoil but uh, jack black kills it it (laughs) yeah jack black kills it and so i wanted to watch school of rock Cause I've never seen that, and I wanted to see like you've never seen School yeah, of Rock. Yeah, it was incredible. He breaks a lot of it's laws in that in that movie. He breaks so many laws. <laughs> he should probably go to jail. <laughs> but that was a great movie. And then it got me back on my tenacious D shit. I'm watching, you know, the movie, and now you're talking about it. That's what I call uh, synchronicity. <laughs> we're we're hoping to do something fun like that again. Yeah, um, I'm writing a new song right now um like instrumentally it's like mm-hmm. almost done and it's very more so on that kind of like upbeat rock yeah type of vibe like it's not going to be heavy or anything like what mental health is it's uh-huh. more just like 
rocky and like, yeah. like i feel like it would be something like that you would pull from school of rock so we'll, we'll dip back into like our jack black pool <laughs> and try and get that vibe going again yeah i've always loved like the nate just saying i'm not made by design like those lyrics are so hard at the end i yeah just an all-time classic for me i before that song came out though wild blue <laughs> i was the biggest <laughs> wild blue defender on earth um <laughs> i man my under i we put out wild blue and then after we were like uh, yeah we were like kind of like lukewarm on it sometimes it like strikes us and we're like yeah but then yeah. most of the time we're like uh, like i don't think we've played it live since like 2019 oh my god <laughs> yeah we haven't played that song live in a long ass time and also nate I not to put him out there, like I don't think he can do the whistle tone thing anymore. Like oh really? Like the whole thing he does in like the little reggae break. Like, yeah. Does that? Like I can't do that shit. <laughs> Voice will crack. Yeah. Um, I don't know how the fuck he does that, but like I think that started to get harder to You're do right. with time for whatever reason. So maybe another reason we don't we don't do it. But my underdog for for the EP is uh, Guinness. Oh yeah. I feel like Right, I feel like that one that should uh, that's been like under the radar. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I kind of feel like the Love Hurts EP blew up, and the Dreamcast Trash EP was kind of, you know, overshadowed a little bit. Like all your newer stuff was so banging, so hot. It was like, uh, yeah. I I felt like the the first EP was like we were kind of like it was calling to like a very, very niche audience, you know, mm -hmm. like, like it was like uh something that like, I feel like you wouldn't listen to it unless you were like part of like that Swan core group. Oh, for know? sure. Yeah. The fucking Facebook group. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> I, mean, I, I like left all of those fucking groups. Yeah. And yeah. Same. Took off a lot of people that were like, we, you would just get like the most problematic, weird people on yeah. there that would just, Mad about anything you could say whatever and they would be fucking mad and be like <laughs> no you're wrong and i'm gonna like pull web resources that support what i'm Jesus. saying and basically you know in uh end of story is that you're a terrible person <laughs> yeah. i'm just like damn like they were just like hungry to attack everybody's character and just yeah. like get mad about like all these little nuances of shit and i was like I thought we were just here to like talk about music. We like, 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 yo, chill. Every normal person I know from around that time is just like, yeah, I <laughs> like it's PTSD associated with a fucking Swan Corps and Friends Facebook group. But, <laughs> but I mean, a lot of good music got posted there as well. You guys got posted a lot. Well, Wolf and Bear, like I said earlier is another band that i sort of found there like um yeah just like sort of everyone was popping up at the same time and it was good eating yeah i always felt it was definitely like a, a good it was a good like community for like smaller artists coming up like that's how yeah. i found out about undress because like mm -hmm. people were posting undress on there and i was like oh shit this guy sounds really good yeah. like i think somebody posted bad boy and that was like the first time i heard him and i was mm -hmm. like damn dude this seems like a local <laughs> in california like fucking good yeah <laughs> i i always felt like among all those you know swan core bands popping up like white girl drinks and wild blue when those were the only two things out 
I was like, this is what I'm looking for. <laughs> just this exactly. <laughs> and it felt like everyone was just like missing the mark a little bit for me. But y'all just, y'all held it down for so long. And I'm glad you're like making a stronger comeback, it seems. Uh, being, I mean, you're doing it for fun, like you said, but uh, I'm just looking forward to more. I can't wait to stream mental health over and over. Uh, I mean, should we let the audience listen to a piece right now? Let's do it, man. in post <laughs> love that yeah. <laughs> like what did you so what did you think now that you <laughs> now that you heard that um that excerpt that happened in real time yeah um it blew my dick off um really had that tenacious d energy <laughs> i fucking saw i did not mean to blow your mind <laughs> 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 Jack Black kills me. Um, so, uh, this is about how much I can usually interview someone before I start getting bad at it. Uh, Y'all want? I'll start interviewing you, man. Oh no! <laughs> what's the podcast? What's the podcast uh, schedule look like? And uh, tell me about um, you know who are your first podcast influencers? And how do you feel? <laughs> how do you feel about? Um, Andrew Tate and oh my um, God. Joe Rogan and um, uh, other men who are very confused and angry. Well, they're my favorite first things first. You know, I feel very sympathetic to their cause as an angry white man myself. <laughs> I'm, more, I'm, out, I'm actually outraged about the Pokemon card prices. They keep going up every fucking year. Uh, you know, I can't afford food for my dog and Pokemon cards. So... What is the value of, there's two things I actually want to know. Okay. So I remember like, so in Florida, you, you know what Publix is, right? Like that's like, like a. have become aware of it recently. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's a big Florida thing. It's like, you know, the most popular supermarket chain in Florida. Right. Like tender sub and all that shit. But um, when I was a kid, like late, I, I don't know how to date it, but like, it was maybe like 1999 through like 2002 or something like that i want to say probably 1999 mm -hmm. or pokemon came out 1996 something like Wasn't... that close to the 2000s uh, like the cards yeah yeah all right yeah like yeah, 1999 like was a big year for the franchise i think it was probably 1999 then because so like at Publix, for whatever fucking reason like yeah you could buy your booster cards there and, yeah. and start but they would have like holographic Charizard on a display case. Like it was in a case on display at fucking Publix. It's the grocery store. So like if you're a grown adult, you're like, 
the fuck is this? Like, what is this for? <laughs> Why the fuck is my kid like having a seizure right now over this shit? <laughs> and mind you, 1999 money. Yeah. They were selling shit for like a hundred dollars. Oh though, my god. Just the single card, holographic Charizard, a hundred dollars at Publix, a grocery store. <laughs> what the fuck? So it was like you know, like you you would just be like nervous to ask your or at least i was i mean i'm you know hispanic household you know others they'll know what i mean but you know just asking like oh can i get like you know can i get the fucking candy bar in the aisle mm-hmm. like so your parents are like, you know like yeah. no no fucking candy. you're like you know what yeah yeah i'll let you get it <laughs> oh fuck yeah because you're like yeah i know it's like a buck it's like a dollar so like a hundred dollars to, to like my mind back was like fuck dude i'm basically asking him to like put a loan down on a house or something <laughs> yeah. you know, like, and um I'm curious what the if that didn't hold value or or, or do, you, do you the know holographic Charizard? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I'd say that's one of the most valuable Pokemon cards of all time. The uh, specifically the first edition Shadowless version of Charizard, which I I wish I could really explain what that means, but it's just the first time they put out the cards, and then there was like a very specific air with the cards that only a small batch of the first edition cards have. So it's like rare on top of rare on top of rare. Um, so uh, that card is probably valuable. Um, it's probably in the dumpster somewhere in a landfill or something, most likely. <laughs> like most holographic Charizards ended up. Um, because no one could have possibly known these children's cards would become <laughs> one of the most valuable things I, on earth. I felt like we thought about it like in middle school or high school. And we're like, oh, I should save this. Like maybe this will be worth money later. And then just, like, you moved or something, or it was like an addresser that got thrown away. And you're just like, oh, fuck. Yeah. But, <laughs> I'm a little too young for like the first release of Pokemon. Like, a lot of people that were like old enough to remember that stuff they they would talk about like pokemon card economies like trading cards with everyone like for items like bartering with fucking pokemon cards i never had any that that like i'm like nine i was born 96 so if it's you know getting hyped up at 99 i'm only three years old so not really hitting the the card game demographic 92 baby so like it was like yeah elementary school it was like a big fucking deal for kids like, <laughs> i remember like you know kids would like do fucked up shit where they would like they would like trick <laughs> kids who were like brand new into it that didn't know shit and mm. they'd be like they'd be like oh dude i'll trade you like you this card's super common. <laughs> like you probably don't even need this one i'll trade you like i got this really good card like i'll trade you for it. and they're like okay and they're trading you like a fucking bell sprout for your Gengar and shit. Like just fucked up shit like that. And you're like, oh, when you realize you're like, kid starts like fucking crying and the parents are like fucking yeah. coming over me. Oh, your kid fucking hustled my kid and shit. <laughs> yeah. like, the Pokemans yeah. are banned from school. No more. You know what got banned when I was in school? Silly bands. You ever remember silly bands? Silly bands. I do remember silly bands. They. I don't know why they were so popular. Rubber bands. Yeah. It was like in the shape of like a fucking character or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It'd come in like these little bags, and then there were like I don't know what the true silly silly bands brand was, but there were just hundreds and hundreds of knockoffs. Like imagine spit like uh what are those things called fidget spinners like to the 
maximum degree. Like, just so many fucking <laughs> rubber bands shaped like ducks in a landfill now. <laughs> they would just sell us, like, any fucking yeah. garbage, man. Yeah. Like, you would eat that shit up as a kid. <laughs> like, I don't know, maybe this is, like, too old, but uh, was it Burger King? Or it was, like, either Burger King or McDonald's, uh, and they had the, the fucking golden card. Burger was, like, King, a... yeah. King, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. Had, like the fucking the hard gold which now i'm like i feel like they wouldn't even spend the money on this they would give you like some really <laughs> shitty plastic thing but it was like this nice like like steel colored gold fucking card inside of like a, a pokeball that was yeah. super fucking cool and it was like something that like all the rich kids at school would like fucking brag about having like like that's like damn like that's how you would gauge that other kids were better off than you like damn dude they got the fucking like I got the fucking golden card inside the Pokeball. Like, this kid's parents must be rich. Bro lives in a fucking mansion. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like saving my lunch money and shit just to buy a booster. Yeah. Fuck. Damn. And you know what? Those things are pretty much worthless, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> like, yeah. All in the landfill, man. All that shit's in the fucking landfill. Yeah, people were trying to act like they were valuable a few years ago. But that, it's just, like, this weird thing that, like, scummy eBay sellers will do. Where they'll, like, just sell something that's worth nothing for, like, a huge amount of money. And some dumbass will buy it. And then everyone on the internet's like, the value is skyrocketing. <laughs> that's what I'm hoping happens with... Um some of my vinyls that i have i'm just like oh, well that has a better chance of going up <laughs> yeah do you collect still uh not a whole ton of vinyls like i think the last vinyl i bought was um brother tiger he's like um it's hmm. like most chill wave kind of indie artist like it's really chill music he played in san francisco so i went down and saw him but I, I have like quite a bit of the AFI vinyls and mm. probably the one that has any real value to it is the, the original December underground vinyl. Cause like they don't, they never repressed it. And I bought it off some dude on eBay that was selling it that had like minor damage and he was selling it for like $67. And like, and I was like, Oh shit, $67. <laughs> like, I haven't seen this shit for like less than $300. So like I fucking jumped on it. Uh -huh. So I'm hoping I don't know. Maybe I'm like I'm gonna give it like another ten years that like some like super <laughs> rich old, older OG fan from like fucking you know they were like fifteen in nineteen ninety two would like pay a grand for it or something. So you know fingers yeah. crossed. I don't know. Praying on Gen X. <laughs> Praying on Gen X, man. Fuck Gen X. Yeah. Uh, I mean, kind of. Yeah. Don't don't. I, I don't want that getting cut into like an excerpt where it's like ageist. <laughs> fucking shitty musician and it's just like fucking all these like little what what do they call those things uh they do this in politics all the time where they do like the they do like those fucking little snippets um, of them saying three words or like a small sentence out of context to like make them <laughs> oh i don't know I the word i can't I love gen x they're great yeah gen x you you definitely didn't fuck anything up it's definitely not your fault <laughs> Love Gen X. Shout out to Gen X. Shout out to Gen X. Houses are incredibly affordable right now. Well, that's more of the that's you know that that precedes them. <laughs> but they're but they're they're in the pool, right? Like they're part of the Venn yeah. diagram. 
I, uh, you know, they're, they're mixed in the law. I think this would go on our political podcast talking about Texas and Florida. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll do a separate one. We'll yeah. do a separate one. Uh, so, Eric, why don't you go ahead and plug up all your stuff, get all those plugs out for all the people. I mean, they probably know already if they're watching an interview, but I don't know. Plug it up anyway. My plugs. like uh, uh, For a happy hour or for yourself. I, I don't really care. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Um, listen to Happy Hour. That'd be cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on Spotify. New song out June oh. 1st. Mental oh, health. Right, right. That's, that's like the whole point of this. What am I right. thinking? Uh, yeah. our, new, <laughs> our new single, Mental Health, comes out June 1st. So uh, please check that shit out. It is different from anything else we've put out. And I guarantee whatever we put out after that will be something else completely fucking different. Uh, <laughs> is a heavier song there's no clean clean singing some little twists in there um i like this song a lot because uh, you know from a lyrical perspective was something for me that is just like very genuine it, you know not like a writing bullshit to write bullshit so yeah. hopefully it's something that other people can uh absorb relate to or take a piece from and yeah We'll hopefully see you in a city. I can't say near you. I'm telling people at this point, like, buy a plane ticket and just fly to wherever the fuck we play. But yeah, I hope to see some of you soon live. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's got G. Willikers tight beat. It, ooh, you're just blowing your socks off and all that sort of stuff. All right. All right. <laughs> oh, shit. Like on all the fucking posts. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thanks to Matt Burridge for our theme song. Thanks to Kyle, Jesus, Kyle Culp for our artwork. <laughs> this is why I don't do this anymore, people. Please consider <laughs> following us and rating us five stars on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It helps us get out to more people, and that's nice for us particularly. Please consider checking out our Patreon. You get it. Uh, you get. Ex you get a. Uh, after dark our after dark show bonus show we talk about random shit a lot of the time uh you know <laughs> consider the chat about pokemon cards a preview or something <laughs> like that uh and yeah me and puke on all the stuff uh just look at me, me and puke and you'll find us once again thanks for listening thank you eric for joining us this was an awesome uh episode and yeah see you